News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO. A good Saturday morning and welcome to Over the Garden Fence. Brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral and Garden Store right there at the corner of Mill and 12th. Joining us this morning is your host, Andy Waddell, and uh, technical difficulties over there, Andy. <laughs> All right, check that, check that, no, no. Hmm. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, right I, uh, it's one way I can <laughs> I can talk. I just can't hear Tim here. Oh, oh. Well, well, we'll we'll work on that. Hmm. In any case, well. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Sorry about that. All right. That, that, well, those things happen when we're in live radio. So we'll. Uh, I'll keep you uh, abreast of the situation going on, but uh, if we want to uh, welcome folks in and uh, perhaps get into our timely tips, we'll see what uh, kind of technical things we can do. Mm -hmm. over there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everybody. So um, I just was wanting to say good morning and um, just thank you for all joining and listening to Over the Garden Fence. I had a little break last week, and I just thank you all for uh, uh, still chiming in, but I'm wondering if I could get a little feedback today. I have, um, oh, there we go. That was, there you go. That must have been the, I can hear you all now. <laughs> Tim, who is actually a great announcer and also auto mechanic um, here, so thank you, everybody. But I wanted to say that um, we did a little vacationing, and, and um Tim, why do so many people um, in Michigan stay right here in Michigan? Because we're the best state That's in right. the union. And so, you know what? I'd love to um, get maybe a little feedback on where your best vacation spot was. Was mm. there maybe a little gardening or plants involved in your vacation? Mm. And I have mm. a, a quick little story when we come to that oh, later. Okay. I was... Uh, quite uh, amused on this town that we pulled into. So, um, you know, and I've grown up in a little town too, so I know all about little towns. So, um, so just wanted to just say thank you and everybody welcome. And, uh, what a beautiful morning on over the garden fence. And I am your host, Ian Waddell and at the helm, Tim Abranowski. And just, uh, thank you so much with beautiful weather, moist ground. <laughs> it just makes a huge list. And gardeners can really take advantage of all their opportunities with the moisture that we've had recently. Yes, we have had a lot. It does get scattered. We were up north in Ludington, Manistee area, and we were getting pounded. Yet when I got home, a lot of the hostas were wilting and some of the annuals doing the same. So we know that it was hit or miss around the states. Um. It also looked like uh, uh, our yard looks ignored because we just ran out of time to uh, not mow and trim and weed before we left on our little trip. So, for starters, <laughs> our weed's out of control, just like our house. We're looking at it yesterday. Um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, my brother-in-law, who is part of our grounds maintenance, put one application of weed-free zone on Waddell's lawn. Now, that application of weed-free zone mixed with spreader sticker by a pump sprayer took at least 95 to 90, 99% of the weeds down. 
did a second application and spot treating about 10 days later, and the lawn is weed-free walking through it the other night and looks great. So I need to do the same. Now, or is there problems with weeds in the landscape, around the flower beds? Use Kills All Will Spreader sticker, and, uh, um, and remember, avoid drifts on plants. If it's a windy day, either have a piece of cardboard or some, uh, something that's between you and the plant when you're spraying. Um, I love Kills All because it's got a two-hour window, and it takes care of things right away. And again, if you have problems with weeds in the driveway, in the fence rows, heavy weed infestation. Tim, we, um, we started a job last year that probably this back area probably not been maintained in 30 years, 25 years at least. The area was so thick with brambles, you could hardly walk your legs through it. It was catching, you know, the brambles that grow on the ground a lot of times are quite a lot of vine. Uh And it was very sandy right there in in, uh, Kalamazoo. So we used a product called Decimate. And if you want to have a good full kill, um, we use that, again, mixed with spreader sticker, and I was very impressed with the results. Now, um, uh, if there's yard weed, landscape weed, or driveway weed questions, bring it in with Dells. We can uh, at least help identify and get the, the problem remedied. We also talked with our management team this week, and at Waddell's, we're going to be starting to prune soon. Yes, probably a little behind, but between the 15th of June and the 15th of July is really some of the best time to prune evergreens. To prune spring-flowering shrubs that have already um, started to grow before the new flower buds set. Pruning not only cleans up the plant, but it actually makes the plant a little stronger, a little fuller, a little healthier. We've talked many times about how to clean out lilac, yet lilac, if you let it go, it gets very thick. The air can't breathe through it, and what's it get right away? Powdery mildew. Powdery mildew makes the foliage drop, and it's kind of like a cycle. So pruning makes a plant, the new growth, a lot fuller, a lot healthier, and more disease-resistant. Um, another prime example is nine bark, um, Diablo, um, tiny wine, some of the amber waves, they grow so fast. Sometimes they'll put out two to three foot a wood. Same with white willow, Hakuri Nishiki willow grows extremely fast. Sometimes can take two haircuts a season. No problem. Spring flowering shrubs like quince and forsythia and white spirea, um, those plants are starting to set flower. Yes, it's still okay to prune, but you might be pruning some of the flowers from next year. But take a look at your azaleas and rhododendrons. Okay, You got to either make a decision, Tim. It's time to chop the big rhododendron that's rubbing against the house. And no, you don't want to, uh-huh. but there's moisture in the ground. Mm-hmm. You can look at those buds down on the wood, and you can realize that, do I want to trim that branch? Might take a couple seasons or two. Yes, I'm going to lose a little flower because they, they reset their flower right away. But it, it, it's the healthy time to do it right. instead of okay. trying to do it in the, in the late fall or in the early spring. Pruning on perennials, too. Some of them have already flowered. Um, this will help the what I call the mother plant kind of regenerate 
for a stronger plant for the next season. No, things like a stilby will not flower again. But instead of having all the energy go to the seed, um, the plant encourages more understory growth. And it tends to, on some plants like Shasta daisies, some varieties of Shasta daisies, tend to rebloom if you can trim off the old flower. I always like to say, just remember to um, feed with plant tone or holly tone after you guys are done pruning. Encourage new growth. Roses, we talked about a couple weeks ago. And again, roses keep up with the pruning, the deadheading, cleaning them out, and yes, Shrub roses will flower around the old flower bud, but it's easier to trim them off, and that way that can encourage new wood to come on. We talk about four times a year, May, June, July, and August, as far as the feeding. So if you haven't fed the roses soon, go ahead and do a July feeding with rose tone. Also, you're looking at um, a job we started this week, Kim, and there's a whole bunch of knockouts and um, back in <clears throat> early June, they didn't have any moisture. Uh-huh. And bugs are pretty smart, and they go to the plants that are really struggling. And these plants, you can they're like skeletonized. Ooh. And um, so the uh, property manager was definitely saying, how can we save those? So we just said the, the three things they said, feeding, pruning, spraying. And so the third thing, definitely, if you have bug and disease problems in the roses, need a question, bring a sample into Waddell's. Right now, either doing on the cool of the mornings, remember, under 72 degrees when we spray, but do either triple action, which take care of bug and disease, or if you have copper and malathion, you can do that also. That will help um, get those roses underway. You know, a little work actually goes a long ways. A summer struggling plant will not flower well in the fall. How about on the garden veggies right now? Um, watching for over or underwatering plants. Overwatering sometimes stem rot can happen very easy on peppers. Somebody said the other day, my pepper just is still wilting. We're watering every day. I said, I think I have the answer right away. So Take a look at how the plants are performing on the roots also. Do the roots need to stay cool? Um, my wife loves straw mulch on her plants. Mm -hmm. And the straw mulch, A, keeps the weeds down, but B, keeps the roots cool so you don't have to water every day. Um, we always say watering every day makes a plant lazy. Okay? If I get water every day, Tim, why would I push my roots down farther? Lawn the same way. We don't suggest watering every single day on on lawns. Brussels sprouts, cabbage, lettuce, they all been being eaten, got little holes in them, uh, maybe bore or leaf hopper, um, dust or spray, either one right now with seven. Um, we have um, vegetable and ornamental granulars that you can made made by fertilome that can be put around the base and be watered in and that would also very help very much potato beetle for sure is uh <coughs> a culprit sometimes um i think they call it the colorado potato beetle beetle and um the use of all natural triple action will not only kill the adult beetle but also kill the larvae and the eggs 
Triple Action Plus should be considered by every gardener because it's a uh, it's comprehensive label. All natural Triple Action controls many insects, mites, and fungus on most vegetables and many ornamentals. So that's one idea with uh, our vegetable control. Now we have. Um, hey, you like sweet corn? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Sweet corn, I think corn has grown. We used to say knee-high by the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. I think some of that corn's like <laughs> chest or head-high already. We got a lot of moisture around here lately. And again, Tim, it was a month ago. I mean, now we can talk about rain gardens. Right. <laughs> a month ago, we could talk about uh, dry, arid <laughs> plant material, you know. And so we're very blessed with this moisture. But right now, we don't really find any registered weed control for sweet corn. I found that the old-timers method, uh, quote-unquote, works very well in our garden. Try mounding up loose soil at the base of the plants. This will not only smother and help control the weeds, but the mounded soil provides better support and stronger stalks for the corn air roots to come out near the bottom and grows into that added soil. Hill up or mound your sweet corn every two to three weeks. Hmm. So just a couple ideas with vegetables. So um, a couple more things. We'll just take a, take a break in a second, <clears throat> and I will say... Um, Rabbits, rabbits everywhere. <laughs> the whole world seems to be plagued with rabbits right now. I, I can drive through the back nursery lot. There's rabbits going all over the driveway. I pull in last night. There's one staring at me, laughing at me. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> Man, that was tasty while you were gone. Thanks a lot. Um, they, they, And I'll tell you, um, they all seem to be intent on eating your favorite plant. Um deer the same way right now there's quite an infestation of some of the animals there was a a very mild winter um almost all ornamental and vegetable plants are new favorites for new young bunnies and and new new deer for sure we put in very large hydrangeas at a job customer wanted them mature um <clears throat> tim we were back two days ago spraying those huge hydrangeas that are now one foot tall oh and uh they are alive the customer understands but they are just um just butchered and a, a lot of it is help help out we got deer and rabbit spray we got repellex um we have um natural um, controls that you could stop by and take a look at for sure sometimes the sprays and the granulars is much easier than installing offense all right well on that note we'll take that break and of course we'll come back with your comments and questions for andy this morning today's edition of over the garden fence 382-4280-1877-382-4280 or you could text that comment or question to 80373 got one of those el cheapo radios at the office <laughs> Don't worry, stream us all day at WKZO.com. Did you know that a thick, healthy lawn works like a giant air conditioner to help cool your home? Keeping your lawn healthy will save you money on your energy bill. If your summer lawn needs help, see the lawn pros at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. They'll recommend giving your lawn the best summer meal, Scott's Step 3. Scott's Step 3 with iron delivers more greening power than regular lawn foods and won't burn micronutrients it needs now to strengthen roots and provide longer greening. The 5,000 square foot size of Scott's Step 3 is just $18.99. With all the humid weather lately, lawn diseases are becoming very common. 
Now is the time to prevent and control lawn diseases with Scott's Disease X. It takes care of dollar spot, red thread, brown spot, and more, plus it starts working in just 24 hours. Get the 5,000 square foot size of Scott's Disease X for just $21.99. For just $21.99 at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets or shop anytime at Waddell's.com. News Radio 590, 106.9 FM, WKZO, as we continue with this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence with your host, Andy Waddell, 382-4280-1877, 382-4280, or you could text that comment or question to 80373. Uh, now, uh, thank you for all for joining us, and sometimes I don't ask, uh, I ask gardening questions or patio or vegetable questions but oh, yeah. this week we're asking maybe if somebody wanted to call in maybe first couple callers i give a ten dollar gift card oh. maybe i'd like to know any vacation spots that maybe had a little gardening or any <laughs> na- na- nature involved in uh sure we were up at a town called chief, chief. and it's by kaleva or kaleva okay uh michigan which is due east off Manistee. Okay. And Chief, if you, <clears throat> there was not even a, a slow down sign, <laughs> but in the center of their town was one of those 13 foot wheel um, seg- setups that used to be attached to the horses to pull the timber out of the woods. Oh. So when you would pull up to the size of the wheel, you, it was you were floored how big it was, Tim, and and then you sit back and you think that the history and some some of the men a all had to be cut by hand. Oh yeah, just the terrain driving in your car or truck alone on paved roads. You're wondering how did they even get some of this wood up and out? There is quite a few hills going towards that oh, Baldwin area, and you know all that you put in and you just like. Some of that is really neat to kind of imagine and just see what's happening. We've um, uh, visited many places throughout the state, and uh, they just kind of uh, have it near and dear to your heart. It's like Estevant Pines up in the up in the UP. Oh, you know? excellent! So. Well, that sounds uh, absolutely wonderful, and it's been a long time since I've been up that way. So maybe we'll have to do a day trip or something. Three eight two four two eight zero one eight seven seven three eight two four two eight zero. Comments and questions. You could also text that comment or question to us to eight zero three seven three. And uh, as we get things uh, ready here, we'll get to Bruce in just a second. Okay, there we are. We're all set. Let's say good morning, Bruce. You're on WKZO. Hey, Bruce. How are you today? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Hey, how can I um can I get some information from you on your vacation spot? Maybe. Uh, I'm retired and I haven't been on vacation uh, <laughs> in a while. <laughs> it was just fun to be home. Oh man, is you know what? We came home a day early and I got work done around the house. It was so nice, <laughs> you know. After yeah. after a trip, <laughs> Bruce, I'm with you on that for sure. How can I help on the on a question then? I have a, a, a feathery leafed Japanese maple. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about, it's at least 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, has a split. It's about 12 foot tall, and I would say 8 foot wide. From, nice. Uh, if you went to the furthest drip line to drip line. Mm-hmm. 
and it's got a split that's about uh, three feet up the trunk. It's it's just a uh, and it's been there for probably fifteen years. Oh my! Okay. And it goes up probably four feet on the main trunk of the tree. Okay. The last uh, the last couple of years, I have been taking out dead wood out of that tree, and by dead wood I mean th- uh, little branches that are the size of a pencil or smaller. Yes. And I've been cleaning those out and cleaning those out. But then I, then I, it seems like a few months later I look at it and I, I can find some more of them. Mm-hmm. At first I thought, well, I must have missed those the last time. Now I'm starting to get concerned that I'm not missing things. It's, it's a continuous problem. So, Bruce, you are not alone, okay? Oh. So um, if we – you said 15 years ago. If we go back that 12 or 15 years ago, you might find an extreme – winner, a winner that had 20, 25 below, and those Japanese maples can take it, but you have sap that has contracted and is nice and tight, and then you have a day that might be a February day for an example, and the sunshine would hit on that south side of that trunk, and the sap starts moving. Then at night, it starts contracting and expanding, and each day, that's how splits occur, especially in Japanese maples. So, okay, so that result, probably, think of a really one hand getting hurt for the longest time until the hand gets repaired. You don't, you don't hardly use it. Sometimes that fingernail falls off on a hurt hand, you know? And so think of it that way, Bruce, probably that wound is now resulting in some of that dead wood that's showing up. Now, can I ask on the wound itself, is it, is it bleeding? Is the wound all, all sealed back up? Okay. Not at all. So there's nothing we can do about the wound other than let's get on a feeding program because you're going to encourage more wood on coming out from that dead wood itself. And if you can, uh, uh, I would say in a Japanese maple, it would love the holly tone and going around the tree and feeding under that drip line, poking holes or augering holes about 6 to 12 inches deep and putting holly tone, even a four-pound bag around one tree would do it, do it wonders. But no, the reason I said you're not alone, my Japanese maples, the ones at Waddell's, normally there is minor little wood that tends to die out sometimes on that understory that just can almost be, um, be broke off. Is it a lot of the dead wood on the side of the split? Uh, no, not there, there isn't a particular area where it's, uh, greater than, a, than another. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and f- I'm not getting, I, I bet I'm not getting, when I say I clean the, the wood out of there, I bet I'm not getting a, a small bucket of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which and isn't, most of it is even smaller than a pencil. I'm just reaching in and just snapping it off. Yep. Yep. And so you got to figure when we get sometimes the late freezes, the, you know, this year we had some May that got into the 24, 26 degree and the trees already leafed out and the newest, earliest growth probably has hardened off on the top of the understory or where you're picking a lot of that dead wood is just flushing out, gets a hard frost. And that's how some of that wood dies out. So compensating, going around and doing a feeding, and how can I? You're, you might laugh at me in this next question. How big's that trunk? Is it? A, I think it's a three-inch caliper. It's about the size of your leg. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good size tree. So, and uh-huh. under the and tree, the, uh, the uh, feathery leaf 
is duller than 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 I have other uh, maples that are more protected mm-hmm. and maybe not quite as old, maybe only twenty years old, and they're a much uh, uh, fuller and and deeper red, more more vibrant. Yes, there's oh. a, there's the word. Yeah, and yes. so Bruce, this might be out in a little more show, open area. It and that's is. yep. And so it's near the street, right, right behind a picket fence. Okay. So it's hard to wrap a tree trunk. That's that size. It's, it's established. So there's a product called wilt stop and around Thanksgiving, after all the leaves have dropped after the new growth, uh, is hardened off and all those buds are set. There's something called wilt stop. And what it does is stops, um, foliage moisture from leaving the tree. And so you can spray that on on a day when it's 40 degrees or better and it seals moisture in for like Japanese maple, holly, boxwood, rhododendron, things that are sensitive that Wilt Stop does a great job. And it's very easy to use. It comes in a ready-to-use, Bruce, and it just sprays on like milk. It looks white, but it dries onto the plant. You don't see it within minutes if it's put on on a day when it's above freezing. Okay. You can only do it once, but we like to say do it about the third week in November. Let many freezes happen. Let all the foliage drop. That will help overwinter that Japanese maple a little bit better. Wow. Okay. Last thing, Bruce, too, they don't like to go through the winter dry. So if we have, like right now, it's plenty moist. But let's say a lot of times... September is moist or October, but November, December get dry. Make sure and go. We say when you're basting your turkey, go out and water your plants one more time. And so the third week in November is a great time to to water your Japanese maple and mulch it in for the winter, even if it's old. Okay. Yeah. So a couple suggestions on helping overwinter that and um, performing a little better. I have a four pound bag of tree tone. There you go. Perfect. Would that be okay rather than the holly tone? You bet. You bet. You got it. And I'd say just next time this fall when you're feeding again, I'd, I'd pick up the holly tone. Use the plant tone right now. The tree tone. Oh, the tree tone. Yes, sir. Now, I, I can do that now. You could do that now. If you, haven't, oh. if you didn't feed this spring, I would I go ahead and do it now. I've never fed that tree. Oh. If it, if it got any fertilizer, it was getting uh, the spray over when the lawn is treated. <laughs> I'd, <laughs> say it's hung- <laughs> I'd say it's hungry, Bruce. I'd go ahead and do, do it. A summer feeding was great on the planet. It'll encourage summer growth, and you're doing it now rather than doing it in September, October, which you don't want to do. You want to do it when it's going dormant again in November. You don't want to encourage late fall growth. So yeah. now is a good time. All right. All right. Well, Bruce, well, thank, thanks thank for the... Thank you so the, much for your advice. Well, you know what? It's you're Again, I just said you're not alone. I had some really hard kill on my green weeping lace leaf Japanese maple, and we've been struggling. We want to keep it. We like it, but a lot of dead wood, a lot of redoing on it, and a lot of feeding on it. So... Thanks for the call. Yes, uh, I'm a Hastings fellow, and I've been. I sat on my front porch and listened to your show every Saturday morning. <laughs> oh well, thank you for calling in from Hastings, Bruce. Thank you very You're kindly. Welcome. Thanks again for your time. Oh, Take hang, care. hang on the line, Bruce. Oh and yeah, we'll Bruce, get you hang set on. up for that uh, certificate. Appreciate you calling in this morning. Okay, thank you. All right, all right, uh, Bruce. You just hang on there for a moment, and Jim and Mike over there, Master Control, get you all squared away, and we'll continue with your comments and questions. 
382-4280-1877-382-4280 or text 80373. We'll be right back. My favorite new subject would be sports. Baseball is back and the Tigers play right here. 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. What's been bugging you? Waddell's plant doctors have the answers and the top quality fertilone products to get rid of whatever insects and plant diseases you've been noticing. Have you noticed a surge of insects in your lawn, landscape, and around the home? Protect your family and home with easy-to-apply Bug Blaster 2. Granular Bug Blaster can be applied to your lawn, landscape, and your home's perimeter to kill ants, ticks, earwigs, fleas, and more, and it's on sale right now at Woodell's. Get a 25-pound bag for just $19.99. Are you finding holes in your begonias, tomatoes, or marigolds? Apply Slug Killer to prevent slugs from eating your hostas, flowers, and vegetables. Snail and Slug Control is on sale this week, too. Get the 2.5-pound bag for just $10.99. If you're not sure what you need to take care of what's been bugging you, we're going to sample to show the friendly people at Woodell's to get the right quality fertilone products you need to keep your landscape looking great. Woodell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millman 12th Streets, or shop anytime at woodells.com. Five ninety one hundred six point nine FM WKZO. As we continue with this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence, three eight two four two eight zero one eight seven seven three eight two four two eight zero, or you could text that comment or question to eight zero three seven three. Once again, your host Andy mm-hmm. Waddell. Thank you, everybody. And uh, Bruce, it sounds pretty inviting on that front porch right now. Yes, it does. <laughs> Seventy degrees. I just <laughs> checked. It's a beautiful morning. You got it. You got it. So thank you, everybody calling in from around the counties too, for sure. So. Um, uh, we're talking about Japanese maple, okay? We also want to talk about, and that's probably one of the most wanted plants as far as trees in somebody's yard. They sometimes are placed in the wrong spot. So as far as shrubs, I would say the number one question usually is the hydrangea family, mm-hmm. okay? Encouraging where my hydrangeas should be, um, w- how to encourage reblooming. I have uh, many articles, 20-year-old hydrangeas that will not set flower, wondering what's going on. Um, so with their big blooms, hydrangea can definitely be one of the most popular shrubs. But in a lot of cases, those big, beautiful flowers fail to bloom. Mm. So there's here are just some of the reasons why hydrangeas don't bloom or flower. Improper pruning, planting on the wrong place, or planting varieties that bloom on old wood where they're too exposed. Number three, a late spring freeze or frost ruins the flower buds. Number four, just like I said earlier, deer browsing, not destroying, but just eating all the flowers off. Or number five, maybe the wrong pH. Now, planting in the wrong place in the wrong on the wrong varieties, um, sometimes happens very easy. People are drawn to a color and then try to figure out um, where they can actually place it. Somebody was a whole load of blue hydrangeas were going by, and I had mentioned to a client, boy, those look really pretty. Where are you placing them? I was putting them on the west side in a lot of rock and had very, very little information other than this is the color that we need. So I said, uh, probably not saying it's sure death, but there's a lot of things that would have to be changed in order for those plants to live. So 
Late spring freeze, the freeze may be light and go unnoticed until you realize no blooms are forming. The frost or damage may uh, ruin the emerging leaves. As a result, most of the new growth comes from the base of the plant, not the stems, and no flowers will form. Sometimes I've said many times on big leaf hydrangeas, their roots are zone 5, which we are zone 5B or 6A, yet the top is zone 6 or sometimes 7 and sometimes dies right back. New growth will come up from the ground and all be just like a hosta, all foliage. Number four, deer browsing. If the hydrangeas are growing in a place where deer are present, they will typically eat the flower buds and you'll never even see the flowers. That's what we talked about, sprays or repellents that can easily work on those hydrangeas. You might not realize the deer are a problem until the hydrangeas don't bloom, especially if some of the blooming uh, are in different location. Prevent deer browsing by repellents and or um, sometimes fence or the granulars. So, which varieties are not blooming? So remember, knowing the different varieties will help troubleshoot. Panicle or paniculata varieties and smooth or arborescent varieties are hydrangeas that bloom on new wood. That happens to grow on the current season compared to big leaf hydrangeas that don't. So we can take a quick caller and I just go back to the hydrangeas when we're done. All right, Bryce, good morning. You're on WKZO. Bryce, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. What's going on today? Well, I have a question about late season bulbs. Uh, I wanted my wife to plant tulips this spring, and I was wondering when is a good time for her to plant those and where she should be planting them. Well, if you haven't, a lot of people just asked just recently, Bryce, if you have flower bulbs that are out of the ground, either storing them in onion bags uh, up in the garage or getting them in the ground. Now that bulb might dry out. And if you have that to a spot where it's sitting there in a very dry garage, it might not flower very good. But if you, if you want to get it down in the ground and get them planted, um, put in a little bulb tone when you're planting them and it might set flower for next spring. Now, uh, right. there is I, I spring and around the big, we had a big white Oak and, it seemed like they didn't flower very good that year. No, no. And you're probably putting them in a lot of shade. And so what I might say is replanting around shade plants, you might have to do it every year every year, because the encouragement is full sun for bulbs. But if you plant them in the fall, new flower every year. Um, our flower bulbs at Waddell's, Bryce, they get lifted up. We have a, a bulb dig, and everybody takes them, and then we replant them every season. So that might give you success with your wife's uh, uh, bulb planting. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you Thank you. Much. Hang on, and we can uh, uh, get you that $10 gift card if you want to hang on for a second. Oh, sure. Thank you. Thank you for the call. All right, Bryce. You just hang on the line. We'll get you all squared away with that. And just like that, Andy, the time has come and gone on us, so uh, we'll have to pick up where we left off next week. So I'm sorry uh, our hydrangeas got chopped off, but <laughs> spring and summering bulbs get all mixed up. And so you have summertime flower bulbs that are still available to plant. Um, get them in the ground, but spring ones, go ahead and wait till fall, a lot of that. So, Or if you got questions, 
come to Waddell's this week and we'll answer them for you. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Andy. We'll talk to you again soon. And thank you for tuning in to this morning's edition of Over the Garden Fence, brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral and Garden Center right there at the corner of Milliman 12th.